All right. Good morning, Parkway Church. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Parkway Victoria, Parkway Lone Tree, Port Lavaca, and everybody um, enjoying the long weekend on Parkway Online at the lake. I'm not bitter at all. All right. Glad you guys are all. Glad you guys are all with us this morning. Uh, my name is Russell McCarson. I'm a student pastor here, as Mike said. And we are wrapping up the series, This Is Us. We've been looking at, man, what do we want to be about as Parkway Church? We want to be about uh, what, we, what do we want to mark us as us? And really the, the big idea is we want to be about building relationships that build disciples. We firmly believe that discipleship happens in community. We need those around us encouraging us on, those who have gone before us in our faith to give us the, the sound biblical wisdom. In other words, the things that they did wrong and they say, hey, don't do this. We need those people in our lives to help build us up. We want to provide that community for people, building relationships to build disciples. And so as part of that, we want to be about going out and connecting people to God and to others. So Matthew 28, 19, reaching the lost and bringing them into uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ, connecting them to the local church. We want to be about uh, growing in our faith, growing in discipleship by loving God and loving people. Not just growing in discipleship by taking in, but by actually going and doing and then last week we talked about we want to be about serving others to share the message of Jesus Christ. So as we serve others around us, it gives us an open door to share the gospel. So, But this week, wrapping it up, we want to be about this. If you want to write this down, because we're going to be really unpacking it the rest of the day, feel free to. We want to be about worshiping God. We want to be about worshiping God through faithful living and generous giving. We want to be all worshiping God through faithful living and generous giving. Now, there's kind of three parts of that. Worshiping, faithful living, and then generous giving. I want to kind of break them down because I think sometimes worship, we, we say it all the time, but we have a hard time understanding truly what it is. And faithful living in, in our culture, it's harder and harder to really wrap our minds around because there's a lot of examples that are not biblically faithfully living. And then we'll talk about how giving fits into all of that. But what about faithful living? Let's just launch right into that. Faithful living, our lives, I want us to see our lives are the sum total of our relationships. Like I think every person that walked in here in Victoria Campus, Lone Tree, Port Lavaca, or you're watching this right now, we all have relationships that we want to look more like Christ. We all have relationships that we say, God, I want to be more faithful and honor you in these relationships. For some of us, we walked in here and said, man, I, I, I need to work on my marriage. I, I want to honor God more in my marriage. Some of us, you say, I want to I wanna honor God more as a parent. I, I want to learn what it means to truly parent in a way that honors God. Like, I'm not a parent, but I get that, okay? Student pastor, like, most of your kids are on loan out to me for like three hours a week. Like, I totally get it, okay? Uh, the pressure is there. I get it. 100% I get it. For some of us, we're, we have family tension. Uh, others of us, we have work tension. Like you have that one person at work. Don't say their name in church. That's just mean, okay? Uh, we all have one person at work or you're even your boss. And man, it's the relationship is so broken and you keep on asking, how do I fix this thing? I think almost everybody in here has a relationship like that or even a couple or a dozen, right? What I want us to see is in order for us to faithfully live faithfully, to honor God with all of our lives, we have to be good stewards of those relationships. We have to honor God in those relationships. So the question is, how do we work on those relationships? There's a couple ways we don't work on them. I think one of the first ways we don't work on them is we have this tendency of 
man, this relationship is broken. It must be their fault, right? Especially at work. Like we have that one person at work that kind of gets under our skin. We think, if I could just get rid of them, okay, like everything would be better. If I could just replace that person, all would be better. And it doesn't work. Other times, I think we try and live faithfully, fix our relationships by, quote unquote, working on it, right? Anybody try to like work on a relationship? Didn't work out, really? It kind of feels like a New Year's resolution, right? Who here had a New Year's resolution? Like, be honest, all right? Don't lie in church, okay? That's bad, right? We talk about that. Who had a New Year's resolution, all right? Be honest. Who had a New Year's resolution? Port Lavaca, Lone Tree. Who still has a New Year's resolution? No hands up. Like, all three locations. Everybody online been like, nope. Um, well, why? why? Why didn't our New Year's resolutions work? Mine didn't either. Don't feel bad about it, okay? If that makes you feel better. Mine didn't work either. It got to, like, February. Didn't work out, right? They always did. February's where New Year's resolutions go to die, right? They die in that month. Why? Because simply just working on it doesn't work. We don't transform our lives. We don't live faithfully by simply just working on it. Here's how I believe we actually transform our lives, how we live faithfully. If you think of like three circles, we can throw them up here real quick. Think of it this way. We truly allow God to be the center of our lives. We say, God, I need you to transform me, transform myself. It changes everything. You see, here's the thing about all of our relationships, all this and other little circle right here, all these other relationships. Here's one key thing about all of them. We're a part of each one of them. And so if we want to transform all these relationships with others, we want to transform our life, it starts with us. And we don't transform us, God transforms us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, He transforms us. We don't start working from the outside in. We start from the inside, and it works out. That's the biblical model that I want to argue for today. If we understand this, we will truly understand worship. Now, for some of us, we, we throw this away, and we have a different idea. We say they're all separated. Like some of us, like, who in here, like, your food can't touch, right? Like, that's just your little OCD. It's okay. There's no judgment here, right? We sometimes like a plate of food that can't touch, say God is over here, um, I'm over here, and everybody else just kind of does their own thing, right? Like God, stay out of, uh, you picky eaters aren't this. Okay, I'll just an example, all right? Don't take that personally, right? A lot of times we are like that, though. We say, God, you stay over here in your little box, and I will just, I'll do me, and everybody else has their own problems. Usually if you have this view of life, you're the victim, and it's everybody else's fault. We have to see that God transforms us and we are a part of every relationship we have so we cannot transform our lives unless we are transformed i want to i want us to see this in colossians chapter 3 we'll be there pretty much all day you can go ahead and turn there in your your paper bibles if you are quote unquote old school right um that's a term of endearment all right i love old school all right paper bibles you can turn there right now um, or in your phones and even in the parkway app it's there as mike said but the apostle paul breaks this down beautifully in colossians chapter 3 he shows us that truly God transforms us and that transforms our entire lives. So here we go. Colossians chapter 3, starting out in verse 15. It says this. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. I want you to look at the first part of that. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You can underline that or highlight that. The peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What he means by that is if you've truly believed in Jesus Christ, it should lead to peace. You see, when we believe in Jesus Christ, that he 
came down as the, the perfect Son of God, lived a perfect life, died for our sins. And because of His death on the cross, we have a relationship with God. Now, a relationship with God changes everything. We are marked as forgiven, not we sweep the sins under the rug, we just kind of set them aside. No, we are forgiven, period. That gives us a peace. We are declared children of God. We, we, some of us heard that since like Sunday school back in the day from children's church. I want you to understand how big of a deal that is. We are called children of God. That changes everything. That, that transforms our entire life. He even, he even deems us worthy of going out and doing His will, right? Like we are entrusted to go and share the gospel. That gives us a peace and a purpose that should transform everything. You see, here's the idea. As you keep on reading in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. See, the body of Christ, those who believe in Jesus Christ, here's the idea. We can disagree on things, but if you have Christ in your life, you believe in Jesus Christ, and I have Jesus Christ in my life, we may disagree on some things, but we have Christ in common. Therefore, we can have peace. We can have unity. We can even have peace and unity as we disagree. Those of you guys that are are, married, I want you to hear this. With Christ in your relationship, you can have peace and unity. You may still have disagreements, but you have peace. I want you to hear this. Like, let's be honest. Like, who here, married or not, dating, I don't care what relationship is, who here in the past couple weeks, you have argued over something that was really dumb? Like, let's just be honest. Like, don't lie in church. We talk about that, right? Like, you've argued about something, and an hour later you went, I judge myself on that. I really do. Like, you argued about something, you went, why? See, newly married couples, you guys are in here, and everybody told you, like, you're going you're gonna to argue over finances and kids. I'm like, I have great news. Okay, don't worry. You will argue over way dumber things than that, all right? You have my word, all right? Um, you'll, you'll argue over things and go, why to argue over that? Right? We, we, can, we can divide ourselves way, way too easy. Co-workers and families and parents and all that. But here's the idea. We can have these even small things that divide us, but we have Christ in common. And that leads to peace. You see, when we have Christ in common, it leads to peace. And even if we don't have Christ in common, I have peace, and therefore it changes the relationship. So, but here's the idea. Here's the idea. We must allow the gospel to transform us. You see, through the gospel, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can transform us, but sometimes we make it a little bit harder on God. We have to say, God, you have my life. Transform me. I'm giving it to you. And when we do that, that's when we truly become transformed. And so here's the, the first fill in the blank. If you kind of guys love fill in the blank, things like that, I want you to understand this. The, the key to that text right there is we have to understand the first step in faithful living and have a transformed life is placing your faith in Christ. Many of us walked in here, we are frustrated because we walked in here, we've been working on things for a while. We've been trying to transform our own lives. No, it, it begins by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, being a believer in Him today and allowing Him to transform your life. Some of you guys, that's your first step. And at the end of this message, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. But that is always, always the first step but it doesn't stop there. You guys have believed in Jesus Christ, and you said, well, I believed in Jesus Christ a long time ago. My, style, my life is still a mess. Like, what, what went wrong there? I believe verse 16 says so much about that. Colossians 3.16 says this. It says, Let the message of Christ 
dwell among you richly. And we're going to talk about the rest of that verse, but I want you to focus on that. Dwell among you richly. I don't think we say that very often. Like, what did you do this week? I went and, I went and dwelled on the couch. Like, it's kind of an odd word, right? We don't use that very often. If that's like your favorite word in the world, that's weird. I just want you to know that, okay? Like, it's, we still accept you. We love you. Stop it, all right? Just stop it, all right? We don't, we don't talk like that very much, right? So what does it mean to let the message of Christ dwell among us richly? Dwelling sounds like a really passive word, right? If I'm going to dwell, I'm just kind of sitting here, right? No, 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 no. Dwelling is a very active thing. It's a very active thing because it's saying we need to remind ourselves of the good news of the gospel all the time. I want you to go to Port Lavaca, Lone Tree, Victoria. We have to actively remind ourselves of the good news of the gospel day in and day out. Because here's the thing. Anybody else ever come to the realization you're forgetful? Like, right? Okay, here's, here's me remind you of that we all are. Who here, here recently has walked into a room and you walked in and you went, I forgot what I was doing in here. Anybody else done that here recently? Like you walked in, right? There you go, right? Hey, I want you to know, it's not just like retirees, hands going up, mine's up too. I'm like 28, don't feel bad, all right? It's everybody. You know, seriously, you walk into a room, you go, I forgot what I'm doing here. And you enter into this like state of panic, like, what am I doing here? What, what am I doing in my life? Like, I, I don't, I'm lost. What do I do now, you know? And there's other people in the room, and you try and play it off cool. Like you walked in there, there's a blank face comes over, you're like, Everybody's going to figure it out. I'm going to back out of the room slowly and go back to where I was. I'm going to figure it out there. You go back to the kitchen, you're like, figured it out, right? And you're proud of yourself. You figured it out. Like, yes, I'm not losing my mind. All right. We're forgetful, aren't we, right? Or you, somebody said, walked up to you. My wife did this a bunch of me. She didn't mean to, but she'd walk up to you and somebody says, guess what today is? And this like feeling of panic comes over you. It's you're like, you're going through birthday, anniversary, like kid's birthday. Like you're going through all the major dates. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. You're right. And she just reminded me it's like 30 days till vacation. It was like sheer terror. But it's reminds like we are forgetful, right? We are forgetful human beings. We just are. And so because we are forgetful, we can even forget of the good news of the gospel. We forget so much of what God has done for us that we need to very on purpose remind ourselves of this. And as we remind ourselves, that means we dwell on the good news of the gospel. We remind ourselves of the good news of the gospel. How do we do that? I believe we're doing that right now. On Sunday mornings, hearing biblical teaching, we remind ourselves of the good news of the gospel. I believe we do that on a Tuesday morning, waking up and reading God's good news before we head off to work. I believe, as, as verse 16 goes on to mention, as you... Teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Sounds a lot like a small group community. As we encourage one another on, we, we dwell on the good news of the gospel by encouraging one another on in small group community. That's why we encourage you guys so much to connect to small group. There's, if you, as your next step, man, there's plenty of opportunities to do so. In fact, that's the second thing I want to tell us is faithful living happens in community. Not like it, it happens easier. No, no. Faithful living happens in community. We were never called to just believe in Christ and just drift away into isolation. We are called to connect to biblical community, to biblical small groups where there's others there who have gone before us that can encourage us on in our faith. Faithful living 
always happens in community because it reminds us of the good news of the gospel day in and day out. Now, Colossians 3.17, that might be some of your favorite, well, your favorite verse right there. But I want you to see the context of it that we've kind of built. Look at it, Colossians 3.17. It says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, whatever you do, uh, at your work, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. As a parent, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. As a student, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. What Paul is getting at here is that we have an opportunity in every second and every day and everything that we do to worship God, as long as it's a God-honoring thing. A little disclaimer there. But we have this opportunity to worship God, not just in a Sunday moment, but all through our life. That's what worship is. And every member of the worship team, I've talked to Dave Tierino, our worship pastor, so much. He's, he, he loves this idea. He preaches this, shouts it from the rafters, that worship is a lifestyle. It's something we do with everything in our lives. We have this opportunity to worship God in everything that we do. And when we truly commit to that worship lifestyle and saying, everything that I do, I will give you praise. Then when we come here on Sunday mornings, those words have whole new meaning. Sunday music is just an, a, a tool we use to worship God more as a reflection of what we do throughout the week. And so what I want to challenge us to is this, and, and only you can truly live this out, is this. Number three, faithful living is worship. Faithful living is worship. We worship God with our lives. We have the opportunity to. And so with that in mind, I want to ask you guys a question that only you can answer. Not your best friend, not your spouse. Nobody can answer this but you. Why don't you answer this to yourself? What part of your life are you saying, I worship God with everything except this? What part of your life are saying, God, I give you everything. It's all yours. I worship you with everything I have except this. It's almost like we put it in a box and we say, God, you have everything. just not what's in this box. What is that? Is it a habit? Is it what we talk about at work? What is that thing for you? I believe everybody has this thing that we are tempted to put in that box and say, God, this is mine. Everybody's tempted to have that thing. I think pretty much everybody has that thing. What is that thing that you need to say, God, this is yours? Maybe your next step is to come down front once we finish up and have somebody pray for you saying, this is my thing and I need to give this over to Christ. What is that thing for us? Now, I firmly believe that for most people, that thing is actually our paycheck. It's our bank account. You thought I forgot about the giving part. I didn't, I promise. I was getting around to it, right? <laughs> You're like, hey, you forgot. No, he didn't. Uh, I firmly believe that more often than not, the thing that we say is mine, God, you can't have this, is our money. Why? Because, I mean, it, like the paycheck has our name on it. We put it in the bank. Somebody steals it. They go to jail. Like The world tells us that it is ours, but the reality is it's not. We own nothing. He owns everything. So the question is this. Do we worship God through generous giving? Do we even worship God with our money? I believe many of us in here, we have a desire to give generously. We have a desire to worship God with our money, but we don't quite know how yet, or we're very limited in how. Some of us, because this verse is very true for us, Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor, and the 
borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. Does that feel real to any of us today? The, the lender, it feels like they, they just have control over our lives and they control our money, whether that's student loan or credit card debt or whatever it is, it feels like we are enslaved to them and it, it limits us in how we can give and give generously. There's no judgment there because I've been there, okay? When I moved here to Victoria, uh, I came here to be a, a teacher at West High School at U.S. History, so I taught there for, for two years before becoming a student pastor here. And I was so excited because I got the job right out of college. I was excited to move into a new city where I knew, like, nobody. And so that was fun. Um, but I remember I was really excited uh, about my first paycheck. I thought my first big boy paycheck, right? And some of you teachers in here are laughing at that, been like, what are you talking about, right? And I get it, get paid more. I, mean, I agree with you, but it beat college broke, okay? Like, it beat, it beat ramen noodles for breakfast, right? It beat, like put some ranch in there, you know, put some like butter on bread, microwave it, call it Olive Garden, like it beat that, all right? Anything beat that. And so I remember getting my, my first paycheck when I moved here and started teaching at West, and this amazing thing happened, this miraculous thing um, happened. It all disappeared, um, like really quick, like as the first check got there, I looked at the bank account, I was like, all right, out of college, I can give generously, I can live a lifestyle that I always wanted to, and I just watch it just go, and it's just gone. It just, like, bring it back. I want it back. Um, it's just student loans, you know? Like, I didn't go to a big extravagant school. I went to a really affordable state college, but they stack up quick, don't they? Credit card stacks up quick, doesn't it, right? And I remember I was sitting in these pews right here in Parkway, Victoria, and they were talking about a Financial Peace University class, Dave Ramsey uh, program to help us learn how to honor God with our money, um, how we can learn how to give generously and really get a hold on our money. I was like, that sounds good because I'm bad at all that, all right? And so I went to the class and I learned how it completely changed the way I viewed money, changed the way I viewed debt. Me and my wife took it years later and we've just paid off this debt and more debt and more debt and it allows us to have this peace we're not slave to the lender anymore. It's an amazing peace. I would love for you, all you guys to have. And it allows us to give more and more generously. It gives us this freedom to. So maybe some of you guys, the first step for you to, to give generously. For some of us, just give generously. But for others, it's a change the way we actually function with our money. I don't have time to break down all of that. But if you're interested, go to the information center. Ask some of the staff about how you can sign up for that. Because it truly changed my life and allowed me to do this so much more. Allow me to worship God so much more through my money. Now, here's what I want you to see, guys. That, when it becomes us, when, when giving generously, worshiping God through our money, and worshiping God through giving generously, when that becomes us, it allows us as Parkway Church to be a generous church. Here, last um, early fall, late summer, when Hurricane Harvey blew through here, it did a lot of damage to so many homes, so many businesses, as many of us are well aware but one of, the, one of the places that really damaged a lot was South Texas Children's Home uh, rental facilities here in town. If you don't know what South Texas Children's Home is, it is an organization that does a lot of things. One of the things they do exceptionally well is they do Christian counseling all throughout the crossroads. And they provide biblical, Christian, sound, accredited counseling to those who need it the most. And they do it so often, absolutely no charge. They're an amazing organization. They're a rental 
property was completely taken out. They had nowhere to be. Um, and so we said, hey, guys, you guys are an amazing ministry. We don't want you guys to be out of the game for a second, especially when the crossroads need you the most. We have some property over there at Lone Tree. Uh, those over at Lone Tree, you guys watch us now. You guys were ever so generous and allowed the counselors to use y'all's space throughout the week. And because of it, hundreds and hundreds of families throughout that season during after Hurricane Harvey are allowed to come in and say, I'm dealing with all this stress. My home is in shambles. My marriage is stressed out. Help me with this. And because of y'all's generosity, because of our generosity, they were allowed to hear the good news of the gospel in one of their darkest moments. That is an amazing thing to be a part of. But we are generous when we are generous. Does that make sense? We are allowed to be generous when we are generous. In fact, here recently, they were allowed to move into a rental space. We said, hey, do you guys want to build? And they said, yeah. <laughs> and so we said, we have 40 acres here at Parkway Victoria. We'd love for you guys to build on it. And so over here on Salem, we gave them two acres. We gave them. Now, I'd had to cut a good deal. We said, here it is. It's yours. Because we want to be a church that gives and gives generously. And now they are making plans to build here. In fact, they even have a mock-up drawing. You can see it up here on the screens. Beautiful piece of property. <laughs> that they're going to begin breaking ground sometime soon in the next year. And there will be roughly 100 people come in there a day to hear the good news of the gospel. And we get to be a part of that. Because we give and give generously. That's what we want to be as a church. We want to be a church that says, what can we give to the community, not what can we take away? How can we bless those around us? Rather than say, give us and give us this. That's what we want to be as Parkway Church. And every single last one of us plays a role in that. Being a part of the grander plan of God as he plans out here on the crossroads. And so I want to just challenge us, guys, as we continue on our time of worship, that we may truly say, this is us. This is us as Parkway Church. We want to be a church that gives generously. We want to be a church that lives faithfully. As those in our community says, man, you're different. You're living your life different. I want what you have. I want that to be our grand vision, our grand plan, to worship God with every part of our lives, faithful living and generous giving. And some of you guys were echoing some of the same things in your, your text responses. What makes Parkway Church unique or different? Uh, us as staff have absolutely loved, loved looking through these. Some things you guys said, um, Parkway is unique in that we teach grace and service, not works and prestige. Yes and amen. A focus is on Christ, not just a feel-good church. Uh, one, of, one of mine and, and, and Mike's favorite ones, somebody says there's great sermons and a little bit of humor. So we're a little bit funny, so there's always that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot, but we try really hard, right? Some ones here recently, relationships that honor God and are the goal to be lived out. That's our goal. Not just to fill a room, but for those that are here to we say we go out and we have changed lives. The sense of the Holy Spirit being here. Well, as Parkway has heart, the word is read and it opens my heart to look for God and it helps me trust Him. I love this. We do church. <laughs> Quotes. Uh, with the church, uh, with, with a come-as-you-are invitation. What Jesus did on the cross, we work out as a church. Come as you are, and that's our passion. Come as you are and leave transformed, not by our trying, 
but through the Holy Spirit, through God, working through your lives. That's our passion. Lastly is this. We aren't focused on appearances and judgment of such. We are like friends and family, not just passerbys on Sunday. We build relationships and raise them. I love that. It's not simply about appearances. It's not simply about all the things, the surface-level things. It's about being a community of Christ that's sent out to go transform those who we have been entrusted to to reach the gospel with. Guys, I want to pray for us. That may be our, our heartbeats and our passion, as it, as it has been, as it continues to be. I want to pray for all of us to take our next step. What is that part of your life? You say, this is mine, God. What do you need to say? No, this is yours. I give it to you. I will honor you with every fiber of my being. I will honor you. And maybe for some of us, today is your day. Maybe a friend brought you. This is your first time here at any of our locations, Port Lavaca, Lone Tree, Victoria. This is your day to believe in Christ. Maybe that's your step today. I want to pray for us, guys. We continue to worship. Bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, God, I thank you that you boldly called us to worship you with everything that we have, every part of our lives, God. I thank you so, so much that you call us boldly to that, that we have the opportunity to worship you, not just on a Sunday morning, not just we're about to, Lord, but Monday morning going to work, Tuesday at 5 o'clock, and whatever we do, we have this opportunity, this amazing opportunity to worship you and live faithfully. God, I pray that there may be nobody in here that has this illusion that they can live faithfully without you, without the Holy Spirit that they receive and they believe in you. I pray that for anyone that's been trying that and it's been leaving them saying, yeah, this isn't working, I pray they may understand that their story, their journey begins by placing their faith and belief in you. May they mark that belief in you with a simple prayer, praying, Dear Lord, I am broken. I am a sinner, Lord, and I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins.